Well, I've already said we're going to be talking about gathering for, for strength this morning. And um, as we have been working through uh, this series, we, 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 it's, there is an importance in gathering. And, and I, I, again, I've said each week, it is important that we gather more than this, this time slot of the week. Um, f- like I know, I suppose, when I was probably in my teens and in my 20s, the idea was church was something that you went to, it finished, and you went away from church. And you may have then gone, oh, we go to a Bible study or something during the week, and that was church. And you, when you said amen, that time was over, and God sort of fell out sort of of the discussion, and you just focused on your friends and, and, and fellowship, but God wasn't really present in that. And and the thing is, I don't know if that was a me thing. That could have really been a me thing. But I've realized over time the church is something that actually is alive and moving or should be during the whole week. When you go home, you are the church. When you go to work, you are the church. And that does not mean that I'm going to just go up and start preaching at your friends and you go, I listened to you yesterday. I don't need to listen to you today. Like It's not going to be that. No, you are going to be the sermon preached. And your workplace. You are going to be the sermon and the grace and the encouragement in your homes. You are going to be the light in your neighborhood. And so we are the church when we leave this place. So when I say we are, we are to gather, don't just think 10 o'clock on a Sunday. Don't limit it to that. Because again, it may be serving together before church. It may be coming together to pray. It may be um, finding someone to catch up with and to encourage during the week. It might be going out of the way to actually to serve a family or someone in need. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit today. But I want to, I really want to kick off um, reading one of uh, Aesop's fables called The Bundle of Sticks. Now, there was a certain favor, father who had a family of sons who were forever quarreling among themselves. Not like our families at all. Our families are full of peace and quiet and tranquility. So you may struggle to understand where this is coming from. But this family, they were quarreling among themselves. No words he could say did the least good. So he cast about in his mind for some very striking example that should, that should make them see the discord would lead to them to misfortune. One day when the quarreling had been much more violent than usual and each of the sons was moping in a surly manner, he asked one of them to bring him a bundle of sticks. Then handing the bundle to each of his sons in turn, he told them to break it. So holding this bundle of sticks, they had to break it. But although each one tried his best and groaned and sweated and sort of gritted their teeth, None was able to do so. The father then untied the bundle and gave the sticks to his son to, to break one by one. This they did very easily. My sons, they said the father, do you not see how certain it is that if you agree with each other and help each other, it will be impossible for your enemies to injure you. But if you are divided... Among yourselves, you will be no stronger than a single stick in that bundle. Now, I realize this is a children's fable, um, and it could be applied to many situations. Um, but today, how I, wa- I want to sort of see how it pertains to the church. This, this lesson is a simple and powerful one, that we are stronger together than we are alone. 
and that the church gathers for strength. Today I want to look at a number of passages throughout Scripture and include that one from um, 1 Peter. And, and as we look at this idea of, of and discussing this idea of, of strength as we experience it through us gathering. To begin with, I want to turn to Proverbs 14.4. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. But from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvest. Some translations of, of this proverb passage say, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. I think we all understand what that means. If, if you don't want a mess, then you need to have an empty manger. Um, because as you can imagine, getting a bunch of oxen together would be quite messy business. Like we live in Rockhampton, the, the beef capital of the world, and, and there are times when we drive past a cattle truck and I say, kids, keep the windows up. Okay. There's a mess that even the smell of the mess, it becomes overpowering. Even here at the church, some days when they're doing certain works of the meat work, the smell comes across and you can smell the impact of that. And the thing is, when we think about community, if you have strong community, I can guarantee you, you will also have mess. I think sometimes we 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 uh, we try and avoid mess in community, and so like you may be part of a club, and if it's too much drama, I'm going to leave the club, or we're going to kick that person out of the club, and and sometimes we want to do that in church as well. Like we think, oh, I wish that person would stop coming to church, or stop talking to me, or or like whatever else, and and that can happen in church. I've seen it happen where like there are people that walk in and like. People sort of shift away from them. We don't want anything to do with it. But the, the thing is, the church is actually meant to be full of messed up people. That's why Jesus came back to save. He did not come back to save people that were almost perfect. He came to save people that were messed up and in a place where they were needing God's grace. So, okay, two things. If you are someone who's almost perfect, maybe this is not the church for you. But secondly, if you think you're almost perfect, you're probably lying to yourself. So you're welcome. You're welcome to stay. But that's the thing. Like we, we, we don't, don't think that, okay, I'm, I'm all that. Okay. Like, um, whatever the, the young people are saying this these days about being the top dog or whatever else. Like we need to, the start of that passage in Peter was humble yourselves. And we humble ourselves when we basically come before God and say, God, Hey, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. And we come into the church the same way. I'm, I'm a forgiven sinner. I, I'm in this place because God's grace was abundant in my life. And each one of us are welcome in this place for the exactly same reason. But for some of us, our mess, maybe we've got a new mess happening in our life. Or maybe our old mess is still sort of a bit of baggage that we're carrying with us. That's great. This is the place that God wants you. God wants you in the, in the body of believers so that your mess can be deal, dealt with by his grace. So community can be messy. The thing is, the flip side of this of this um, um, verse in Proverbs is that together we see a greater harvest. Oxen are strong. Oxen are stubborn. Oxen are messy. Oxen need a lot of care and direction through the harvest. 
together, when we come together as, as oxen, all of a sudden the work that we are able to do is, is, is multiplied. And that, that's why we, we, we talk about gifts in the church and how we can serve and, and, and each one of us are gifted. Each one of us are called in some way to serve God. Each one of us are called to help grow God's kingdom. And so don't you dare say, no, that's not my job. That's your job. No, no, no. My job is to help you do the kingdom work. And I'll join in with that with you. Your job is to, to help grow the kingdom and, and we do that together. And that is great when we're able to see teams working around our church who are willing to serve and, and to, to see that need met and to see that need met and to help out in that situation. And so basically we're in a position where like we do need guidance, we need direction, but we are able to do a lot about doing it together. And Jesus has chosen to use us to build his church. We are what Peter calls living stones being built into a spiritual house. And even though it's messy, even though it's hard, there is a harvest that comes when we pool our collective strength together for the sake of the gospel. We are stronger when we work together and we will see a greater harvest working together than we will see working alone. And see, in this, there is an implied necessity to grow in our trust for one another are you someone who goes this is my life and i've built some walls and to actually make my life sort of separate and secure and i'll open the door and i'll let myself out at certain times and i'll help out at that and then when i want to sort of hide away again i'm going to build and and if people come and try and sort of approach me and get inside my walls i'm going to build the walls higher and thicker so i've got a bit of a buffer does that does anyone sort of feel don't put up your hand like because someone's going to come up and sort of knock on your door after the church after the service okay but the thing is some of us sort of like we want to control our interaction with the church this is how much i'm willing to invest this is how much i'm willing to do this is how much of myself i'm willing to expose Two things happen with that. One, your full strength is not available to the whole church, which is detrimental to the church. But secondly, when you are in need, the full strength of the church is not available to you. And again, it's something that we, we can't do all the time straight away. We can't trust people intimately with all our lives details, but it should be a goal for us to grow in trust of those around us as and as we journey through things together oh, i want us to be a church saying hey you remember when we went through this as a church and god achieved that that was amazing you remember when god helped me out in that in that situation and, and like you were there to support me and pray for me that was amazing and all of a sudden it's not only our individual testimonies it's our church testimony that god is at work amongst us that becomes so important it means that we are to, we are there for each other in times of grief. We are there for each other in times of celebration. We are there for each other in practical ways in times of need. We will see a greater harvest working together than we will working alone. Moving on to 1 Peter 5.8. Um, it says um, in 1 Peter 5.8, Be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 
Speaking of being alone, let me ask you, what benefit is it to the devil if you are alone? Uh, for the devil, it actually works in his favor. If, if you want to disconnect, if you want to pull away, if you want to go at it alone, then the devil's going to find you a more, I suppose, enticing target. What does he gain if you remove yourself from the fellowship and decide to journey for yourself? And, and, and again, I, I've had that thought in my Christian life that my Christian walk was about how I was doing with God. Now, I'm not going to dismiss that at all, but again, it's not all about me all the time. And, and you can actually say that same phrase to yourself. Okay, let's say it together. It's not about me all the time. Okay, no, so, so we're going to say it together, okay? Because it just, it just seems like you want me to say that over and over again, okay? Um, and, and you all just seem to be nodding. Yeah, it's not about you, Pastor Keith. Okay, so we're going to say that. We're going to count you down. One, two, three. And, and it's, a, what, it's not about me all the time. Ready? One, two, three. It's not about me all the time. Okay, some of you sound like you believed it. Some of you going, no, it is about me all the time. Okay, well, we'll, we'll move through that. But the thing is, when we, the thing, what we need to realize when the devil is sort of looking out for those he can attack, he's going to look for those who are alone. He's going to look for those who are weak. And, and, and this is where we need to realize together we are better protected. Together we are, are stronger and we are better going to protect those around us. And this is, this is seen so easily when we have someone who is going through a crisis of faith, a time of mourning, a situation that is just pouring so much onto their life that's when we come alongside them and and there are going to be times that that's going to be me I'm going to need your support as a church there are going to be times when it'll be someone else and we need to come alongside them and and help them through it and it's important for us to understand that but in it, when we look at when we see, look at that verse that Peter has shared that that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion first of all Peter compares the hunting style of the devil to that of a lion and has anyone recently watched any sort of nature documentaries where the the proud lion sort of roams the the savannah and and hunts down its prey have anyone watched a recent documentary lions are actually quite lazy hunters they're not really go-getters they actually sort of just lie around all day and then they go oh that one is way too far away from the rest of the herd let's just get that one and that's what they do they and and sometimes the the male lions don't do anything, okay. So um, I'm not going to draw any analogy to that at all this morning. I'm just going to go just leave that one where it is. And 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 um, but the lions they are they're lazy. They prowl around looking for the young, the weak, the hurt, the the old. They don't attack the the herd because a lot of times the herd have got things like these pointing horns or like something else that could do them damage. We, we don't want any, we, we don't want to risk ourselves. We want to get that one. And the devil's the same way. Like when we are a solid, praying, faith-filled church, the devil looks at us and goes, no, I'm not taking on that. Why? Because Jesus is at the center of that and I'm going to get hurt. But if I can find that believer who is out by themselves, who is not walking closely with God, who is not praying, who has got doubts in his faith, who is not connected in, who is not protected, that's my target. The second point that I want to draw from this verse, in, um, verse 8, that Peter's 
um, he doesn't say someone, the church or, or the small group, the devil, like a lion, is looking for an easy target to kill, steal and destroy. He knows that someone in fellowship with others, being encouraged and strengthened by others, is much more difficult prey than someone walking through faith all by themselves. Now, again, depending on your faith journey right now, I'm not sure what this thinking does to you going, wait a second, I don't feel that connected. I feel all by myself. I don't even know where God is in my life right now. Now, you may be hearing that, oh, I'm a good target for the devil. You would be right. Now, again, what are you willing to do about that? What are you willing to sort of, uh, to, to, to come back into fellowship, to, to reconnect with God, like to, to actually prioritize the community of strength in God over my reliance on, on TV and technology? Maybe I rely on my job. Maybe I rely on my family. Maybe I rely on myself because you know what? I'm pretty good. And the devil looks at that and going, fantastic. You're full of pride. I'm going to take you. Simply put, there is strength in numbers. You don't need to travel through the valley of the shadow of death all by yourself. God is building a spiritual house, a church out of living stones, and we are stronger together. Like the bundle of sticks bound together by string, we are bound together by faith and we gather together for strength. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, you can actually test this out yourself. You can find a strip of something and go, oh, yeah, I can break this or cut this and do all kinds of things. You start wrapping them together with others, and all of a sudden they become this thing that, oh, I can't, can't do this, and like I thought I could, and, and all of a sudden you, are, you, are, you can be trapped by this or you, you can rely upon that. Um, though there are so many someones out there who can be overpowered, two can work together and three are not quickly broken. Again, my last point is probably being reiterated all through this, that we are stronger together than we are apart. My weaknesses can be covered by your strengths. And your weaknesses can be covered by someone else's strengths. Um, and that, that's why, again, God hasn't made us all the same. God has blessed some of us financially and those people support those in need. Some people have a servant heart like, like and I'm not, all of us are called to be servant, but they just want to get in and do whatever can be done to help other people out and that's them defined so clearly. And all of a sudden they're the ones who, even though they may never be on the roster, they're always helping out in the kitchen or they see a job and they get it done or they go, is there anything I can do to help? That those that there are those people and they they cover up those areas of the church that oh we didn't give anyone that job and how does it get done every week and we go well it's because people are using their strengths and passions in that way we are not all created the same but god has created us to fit together in strength we are stronger together than we are apart an example of this just consider 
for a moment that Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs to share the good news of the kingdom. Think about God looking in on Adam in the garden and realizing it was no good for him to be alone. Think about the plurality of leadership modeled in the early church and the extensive list of people working together for the sake of the gospel. Have a look at Romans 16 and here is Paul. He lists all these people that he's thankful for, that they have been in service for, to him and they've been praying for him and they've been and coming alongside him. Paul, even though we, we look at Paul and go, yes, he was the guy that planted the, the early church. Paul recognizes very quickly, I did not do this by myself. I had people there with me and I will recognize them. Even if we, we don't, may not, we haven't read that chapter, but the thing is, Paul recognizes their their blessing to him and his need for them. There are almost endless examples to choose from, but the point being together we will see a great harvest as we bring our strength together and we serve together. Together we are better protected. As we come together, the areas where I am weak, the areas where I'm exposed as a church, we cover those in the banner of love and we are stronger together than we are apart. In closing, I want to share a few verses with you that I skipped over earlier in Ecclesiastes, looking at verses 9 and 10 of chapter 4. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Have you ever been in a situation that was made worse by the fact that you're alone? Anyone ever done anything got bogged by themselves? Done that? That was a that was a fun journey. I'll tell you about that one later. Um, anyone ever been alone when like power's gone out or something's broken or cars broken down or or there is just a need that you can't fix by yourself and you're by yourself and you go, how do I fix this? But when you're with someone else or a few other people, all of a sudden there's at least a, a, a collective think tank that how can we solve this problem? How, what can we do about this? Oh, like, and, and maybe you're, you're traveling, you've got nowhere to stay and all of a sudden, hey, I know someone who lives here. Let me make a call. Let's see what they can do for us. Or even more the point, have you been in a position where you are, feel alone in a situation you can't get yourself out of? And, and whether it's family, whether it's the church, they basically come in and they lift you up in that situation. I, I have been blessed in times like that, both before I was married, after I was married, and I, I expect that I'm going to be blessed like that again. Why? Because that's what the church is meant to be. There are going to be times when I'm in need and I can't do something myself and God is going to provide people around me that will, will do that. I know there are people here today who have been down. Maybe you feel like you've had a string of bad luck, lost a job, have difficulty paying bills. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've, you're the one who's sick and hurting. Maybe you're just tired and maybe you are weary. Maybe that covers all of us. Maybe you need a little help getting back on your feet. Part of being strong is knowing when it's time to ask for help. And I suppose that then beggars the question, how can we help each other today? The thing is, I suppose we, we are taught in our Western thinking that we must 
rely on our own things all times. Now, again, I'm not saying that we should go totally the other direction and go, you know what? The church can pay all my bills. I'm just going to drop them in the mailbox and here's all my bills, my mortgage for the next year. And um, Tony, our church treasurer, is going to cover them all. Okay? Um, you'll still probably see Tony become looking a lot like Greg. His hair will fall out. Okay? We don't want to do that to Tony. Okay? But that's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about when there is a, a, a need in our life that we just can't get through by ourselves. It could be someone praying for us. It could be someone. And, and to, to get someone to pray for you in a certain situation, what do you need to do first? You need to tell them what's going on. Now, sometimes it, you may not want to go any further than this. Can you pray for me? I'm going through some tough stuff. That may be, that's a start at least. But do not think that, again, this is not one of the things I learned at, at Bible college, and, and I don't think any other Christian has mastered this, is the ability to read your mind. Like, it doesn't count. It's not a subject. Maybe it should be. Maybe it should be a subject for husbands as well. I don't know, but let's just leave that one there for a second. But, but the thing is, none of us have that ability. And so if there is a need, if there's a hurt, if there is need for healing in your life, put up your hand saying, can someone please help? Go to someone saying, hey, can you pray for me? Can, can I talk to you about something? That's, that's so important for the life of the church. Why? Because we've all got mess. We've all got mess that we bring into it. And, and, and again, together we will find healing with God. So we need, we ask that question, how can we help each other today? How can we lift each other up? So we, here's a couple of principles I just want you to take a hold of as we, as we gather for strength. We need to trust so that we can know the strength of our godly community. If you don't trust people around you, if you, like, I don't mind if in the last song you have a look around and you have a look at your church and, and look who's here going, if I don't trust these people, I'm never going to know their strength. And, and the thing is, with strength, you never really know it until you actually lean into it fully. Like, all of you are sitting quite comfortably right now, aren't you? Other than the fact that I keep going on and on and on. You're sitting quite comfortably. But you imagine that you had to sit on a chair and we actually, this week, we've actually sawn off um, and weakened all the chairs just so that you can't trust in the strength of the chair. Like, it would be funny for me, not so much for some of you. But but the thing is, you sit down and you, I'm trusting fully in the strength of this chair. Like, if there was a bed here, I'd probably trust in that as well. Like, but, but you're trusting fully in the strength of the chair. You can only do that when you test the chair out. It would be a little bit off-putting if everyone came into church and go, I don't trust in the strength of this chair, and everyone would be just standing around awkwardly all service. I wouldn't know if you're coming or going. And some of you probably would. You go, I've stood here for long enough. I'm going to walk out the back door now and go find a chair I can trust in. Are we okay to trust in chairs but not trust in our church? We need to be able to trust so that we can know the strength of our church. We need to let people know of our need and we need to let them know how to support. Secondly, our strength needs to be available to benefit the gathering community. If God has gifted you, if God has blessed you in some way, if God has given you an experience that you've grown through, if your faith is solid, it should be available to others around you in our church. 
It's not just for you because it's not just about who? Oh, some of you are listening. So, okay, we're going to have to go back to that point in the sermon. We're just going to ring one note. No, no, it's not about who? Some, some people are still going, you. Some people are a bit confused. So it's not about... Okay, I'm going, one, two, three. There we go, sort of. I think this side's got it. I don't know about this side. So, um, But anyway, it's not about me. It's about how I can love, support, pray for, communicate, encourage, lift up, share with, serve those together who I fellowship with and I own as a church. We don't want to hide our gifts. We don't want to hide our experience. We don't want to hide our faith. We don't want to reserve it saying, I'll give it to you, but not to you. We want to make it available. And as we hold up others using our strength, this is the brilliant thing. Others will hold us up. I've experienced that this very year as, as I've held other, uh, other people up and, and, and used up my strength and, and used up my relationship with God to hold them up. Other people came behind me and lifted me up. I have been prayed for. I have been supported. I've been encouraged, which allowed me to serve in a, in a, in a greater way. That's the church at work. We need to understand that we can pray, encourage, have encouraging conversation. We can give money. We can give food. We can give accommodation, transport. And these are just a few ways that we can help. And each one of us, each one of us can do that. It doesn't matter if you are five-year-old or 85-year-old. Now, if anyone's over 85, you're still included. I just didn't want to go any further than that. So, but, but the thing is, God calls us to serve together. And that means sometimes you will be served. You'll be the one receiving that. And I, I've... I, I have struggled with that at times in my life. I've struggled to, to receive the help from others. And I know some of you have gone through that exact same problem going, I can help, but I don't want help. Nah, that's not the church. That's not God's church. Be a blessing and be blessed. Give and receive. Serve and be served. And that is where we will understand that our true strength is being together as God's community. Let's just pray. Lord, I thank you that your strength is, is multiplied when we gather together. We gather together for the purpose of, of, of celebrating you and to worship you, to serve you, to see you work in and among us. And so, Lord, today I pray that as we think on these things, that we would be willing to trust others in our community. We would be willing to be present with our strength, with our gifts, with our faith, to share that with others around us but we would also be willing to be open to ask for help, to ask for the strength of others to lift us up through a difficult time. And so, Lord, let us be open to serve and to be served, to pray for and to be prayed for, to love people in our church and to be loved by people in our church. Lord, let us stand on both those pillars as we gather together for your strength in our body. We pray this in your name. Amen.